So you and I have lived on both sides of the aisle now. So I think we're in a sweet spot in these next 50, 60, 70, 100 episodes. Really kind of lead some of these conversations. I think it's going to be beneficial to everybody. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, you're going to hear it right, the 100th, the 100th episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Ward, joined for not quite the 100th time with Chloe Goodry-Reed. And first and foremost, we want to just pause and thank all of our listeners for tuning in, sticking with us as our supplier diversity podcast has just grown. We can't do this without you guys. We do this for you guys because we love you. We love this community. To have you be part of our show is something just we couldn't imagine when we first started, but we're so grateful for our audience. And on this special occasion, we're going to take a step back and look at what we've achieved so far and what we're looking forward to doing in the future, right? Just because the 100th episode, we're not stopping, right? This is only the beginning, everybody. So, but let's start back at the genesis, right? Yes. So I think, Chloe, the very first question we have to ask, and you're going to be the one to answer that is, how did it start? right? This was your brainchild at the very beginning, right? So talk us through that a little bit. No, I saw it as, I mean, obviously I listened to podcasts as Mm -hmm. a entrepreneur and saw it as a huge opportunity. There's lots of collateral, but you're moving around, you're going to meetings, you're doing all these different things. And so something, some way that I could digest you know, content in a meaningful way in between drives and in between meetings is, has always been, you know, listening to different sort of podcasts and audio books. And so, you know, there, there isn't enough information out there about supplier diversity and how companies are or aren't, you know, meeting their goals and how they set out to develop their strategies and what's important to them. And at the same time, I feel like suppliers also don't get a chance to hear from corporations around what they're looking for in suppliers and their experiences and the needs of their organization. So part of, you know, what we wanted to do here at Higher Ground was convene these two groups together and create a a medium that allowed for open dialogue, you know, between these two groups. And we wanted it to be informative and bring value and also help just build the community. Right. And be a resource for the community and the ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been an amazing thing to be part of. I remember you calling me um, almost two years ago and pitching the idea. (laughs) Right. And I was like on board immediately. You're like, this is what I want to do. I want you to co-host with me. I'm like, 
That sounds amazing and a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's do this. And I have to tell yeah. you, it's been it's been a blast. I have not regretted a moment of our time together doing this, right? And with all of our um, uh, incredible hosts. But, you know, as you look at it, right? Because, yeah. because this uh, your team is the one that's helping us. And just so everybody knows, we do truly have a team. Chloe and I yes. are literally only the talent, right? So <laughs> only the you talent. put the team yes. together. Yeah, I mean, we have Mike and we have Victoria and we have Jacob and, you know, and yeah. Matt and everybody like that working to, to keep you and I between the guardrails. And our whole production team. That the whole production team. Editing. I do yes. not want to, to miss no. our production team. They are no, amazing. No, thank you. That would yes. be remiss if we did that. Yes. But yeah. when you're looking at all of this, right? What do you what what do you say when you sit back and you're like we've accomplished this? What is the this right? What if what do you think it is that we've accomplished or are accomplishing? You're doing this podcast together. Well, I mean, if we look at just the stats, I mean, we're getting close to we get close to about thirty five thousand downloads a month at this point, and so I think when we think about what we're getting is we're providing we what we set out to do in being a resource and a guide and a trusted source for for this for this very niche space I think we're doing that and our statistics show that and that the content that we're bringing and the guests that we have people want to hear from so that's exciting and I hope that it's it's helpful I mean I get messages on LinkedIn all the time I really enjoy your podcast awesome. really yeah. help me you know think yep. through this or that or you know, hear from other supplier diversity professionals or procurement leaders. I'd love for you to tackle this topic. You know, we're trying to figure this out. And I love that. I love keep it coming with suggestions on things that you want to hear. Exactly. I mean, I, I just, I love that. And I love that we have become a central place for, for this community because Mm -hmm. I feel like it just wasn't there before. And there's so many new people that are coming to this space and there are so many people now aware of what supplier diversity is that, mm-hmm. you know, we have an incredible opportunity to bring new people into the fold by just educating mm-hmm. them. Exactly. Exactly. And I've heard from a lot of people that have just said, you know, how refreshing it was to hear, you know, what our opinions on different topics and it's helped them explain things to different people inside their own organizations. Uh, and, you know, as we're recording this, I'm here in Orlando at a conference, and I can't tell you how many times somebody would bring up a topic and I'd say, oh, on our podcast, we actually discussed such and such, yes, right? And they're like, yes. really? So it's, yeah. it's it's great. You know, I think it is um, is a great way to be part of this supplier diversity community right. and really continue to push the conversation forward, you know, and, and have it for a, a resource Right for everybody. Absolutely, to have. absolutely, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Well, since we're at our hundredth episode, I mean, yeah. can you think about who some of your favorite guests yeah. or favorite topics were that we've done? We have had a lot of fun on this show, yes. right? Yeah. Um, from guests, I I would have to say Veronica Maldonado Torres when oh we discussed when her. we discussed mentoring. Yes. It, you couldn't help but smile and just keep <laughs> up with her. You know, uh, yes, I mean, her yes. her personality really came through in that episode. And I've been friends with Veronica for a long time. And um, what you guys heard on the podcast, I mean, that's just that's her in person. 
I love like that. all the time. She's got two speeds, that and a sleep. I really believe that's about <laughs> it. Um, you know, but just very genuine. And as far as topics, you know, I really loved it when we've tackled things like reporting and mm. we've talked about yeah. things like certifications, right? Because I yeah. think sometimes these are topics that minority businesses and practitioners, right? So the supplier diversity professionals shy away from, right? Yeah. You have that conversation kind of behind closed doors with your manager, like, eh, but really to kind of drag it out into the light and say, maybe we need to throw a flag on this and, and really yeah. kind of stop. Yeah. think. Yes. You know, I, the show, I think really gives us that forum to have those conversations. Not that we want to try to bring somebody down or something like that on the show. Right. But we just want to make sure that we want the reporting like our supply chains to be fair and equitable. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I love the reporting pieces and I love mm-hmm. certification. I, um, I think one of my favorite episodes was, um, early, very early on mm-hmm. when we talked about language and yes. the, oh, the, the shift yes. of wording that we use yep. around mm-hmm. this so that it can be more of a living, breathing effort, um, right. as opposed to right. something that's just static and mm-hmm. in a time, you know, when we talk about programs versus, versus a practice yep. of supplier yep. diversity across your entire organization. And I think one of my favorite episodes, you know, in terms of just guests, there's been so many though. I mean, it's so hard to say these were, you know, fairly early on too. And I, I think, you know, Chris Oswald from UPS, I love because she was so, so focused on aligning supplier diversity and your supplier diversity initiatives with the organizational strategy, which is something that we, say all the time. And so to hear someone at a larger organization, just reiterate that, I mean, it was just incredible. So yeah, I I um, am a total fanboy of Chris Oswald. So yeah, I totally agree with you. That was an amazing episode. Yeah. And you know, and I also really enjoyed having um, Johnny House from Southern Southern Company, because his perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't sit right in supplier diversity, but leads supply chain for Southern companies. So talking about how supplier diversity is weaved into the supply chain and procurement strategy across all their different operating companies and how important that is to them and their support of their communities. I mean, that was incredible. I loved that too. Yeah. And you know, that also reminds me of, um, we had Sophia Bork on the show too. Yes. And she talked about the, the hidden minorities, I right? And I that. had never, never contemplated that. that. No, ever. And I'm now so much more aware of that. Do I do it perfectly? No, but I'm definitely like, oh, I got to try to keep that in my, in, in my mind. You know, we've talked yeah. about, and we've also talked about unconscious bias on this show, right? right. That can be a little bit of an uncomfortable subject, yeah. uh, but one I think that we all need to work on because we all have them. That's unfortunately part of just being human, but yeah. we can work on it. Right. So her conversation on hidden minorities was just eye opening, especially from her perspective. Right. Right. And her cultural background. That was like never even thought about that. And some of the stuff that she brought up from like the family perspective and the um, corporate side of it, too. I was just like, oh, wow. That is something. And I think that's why as an industry, we have to think about how we're evolving because the makeup of our nation is changing so much. 
and diversity has it means so many different things to so many different people. And if we're trying to be inclusive, then we need to broaden what inclusivity really, really means at its core. And so I think that episode really challenged both of us to just sort of think of it in a broader perspective. Right. Right. It really did. It really did. So that was, that's, those are good. Those are good episodes. So go back and listen to them guys. Yes, yes, yes. And and my last one. And there's so many. So, so, so. There are so many. I mean, right. We had 99 others that we love. We actually did love all of them. I know. I know. I love the one with Nidra too, because she talked at Accenture, she talks specifically about uh, the supplier development program that Accenture has internally. And it's unlike anything that I've seen. And I just love the depth and the intentionality that Accenture has put around that effort. And I mean, she's just doing a great job. And I just, I just loved, I loved hearing all that because that is a labor of love. And I mean, just to see the whole entire global organization be supportive of that and to put money and financial resources behind that to developing the suppliers, not just for their own organizational needs, but just helping these suppliers grow, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. I just found that to be so inspiring. It really is. You know, and the other thing too is she's done so much, right? And accomplished so much in this space. I mean, she was one of the, I remember, I think it was a U.S. PAC event years ago where she started talking about sustainability in mm. supplier diversity before I even knew what ESG and CSR were. And <laughs> She's a major ahead, part so of, ahead of her time. Yes. Major part of my life. She was talking about this like, hey, look, it's coming. And we're all like, really? Accenture? I mean, that might be an Accenture <laughs> thing, but really? And then by God, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Adam, you know how sustainability. I'm like, huh, yeah. here it is. But, if you want to know the future, you got to yeah, yeah, you go talk to Nidra. But she's so humble and down to earth. So you humble. talk to Nidra. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, guys. You know, with these guests that we're talking about, we know these people not as well as some others, but we do mm-hmm. know them on a professional level outside of this podcast. Yeah. Right. So we see them all the time uh, and, and talk to them. And what you guys are getting on the podcast are the people that Chloe and I both know yes. outside of the podcast, too, as yeah. we're all trying to work on this together. Um, and I, I just absolutely love that. And Nidra is just one of the most down to earth people yeah. you could ever talk to. Just a wonderful human being. So wonderful, especially mm-hmm. since they've got such a massive global program, which it is massive, oh, which man. also makes me think of Daryl LaShore. Because if we talk about yes. think about like the global yes. perspective that Accenture had then having that conversation with him at Chick-fil-A and their focus on supporting local and small businesses, diverse right. businesses as well. But making sure that the economy around where their stores right. are located right. is such a huge focus for Chick-fil-A. And I appreciate that. It's like, yes, we are supporting the local economy. We are not right. shipping goods from all over. No. We want to make sure that we're supporting yes. people who are supporting us. Exactly. I mean, they're buying the buns. Now, the buns have to stay in a certain category, right? They have like specifics, like this is what our buns look like. Yeah. That's how they have to be. But they get them from the local bakers. Yeah. yeah. Right. From the, from the local bakers. They'll use them. And that's an amazing thing. Now, it does make supply chain difficult because you have a semi decentralized buying structure. And, you know, he went over that in the episode. Yeah. But what I love about it is Chick fil A has said, you know what? A, we're private. 
Okay. And that's a yeah. big deal, right? Because remember, is. supplier diversity is usually only championed by public companies because there are laws in place. Absolutely. So this is a major global brand that has said yeah. it's also important to us. And we don't, you know, we're not being forced to say that. It, we're doing it because we know that's the right thing to do and we want to. So Daryl is the right person to run that. Yeah. And we can do it how we want to do it. So do we're going to support we local do it. communities. Exactly. I and love that it. gets back into economic impact, which is another favorite topic on this show. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So when I think about just all the insights, okay. I know we talked yeah. about a lot of this when we talked about just like our favorite guests, but what's like one thing that you feel like, or several things that you yeah. feel like you've learned from hosting the show? That there's a lot of people smarter than myself on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I am humbled every time we sit yeah. down and interview a guest. I really am. Yeah. And I feel like the luckiest person in life to be the beneficiary of all these conversations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all these friendships we've built. But like key takeaways that I've actually walked away from. I am blanking on the gentleman's name. And he said it was relationship first and money is a direct output of the relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he goes, all too often, we try to make it money first, relationship second. Mm. He's like, I'd rather have a great relationship with you than your money. Mm. Because if mm. the relationship is great and I'm yeah. a fit, the money comes. The money comes. Yeah. The money just Absolutely. comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was like a paradigm shift of every business class I've ever been in. Yeah. So I have I have parroted that so many times. Do you know uh, who that was? I'm going to tell you that is one of tell my favorite. Me. Please do. That was Please. one of my favorite entrepreneurs okay. and former client, Mark Wilson over thank at you. Time. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant man. Brilliant. Very brilliant. Brilliant. brilliant very man. brilliant man. Um, just loved his story. And um, yeah. Which I think that's also, if I think about it, when I think about the mm -hmm. insights and the takeaways that we've learned, talking to some of the successful MBEs and Weebies on how they got here, that has been really, really insightful to me because not only just insightful, but also has been a source of inspiration, but yeah. also of yeah. gratitude because yeah. I wouldn't be here today if they hadn't done so much of that groundwork and just clearing those paths, right. you know, in the seventies and eighties. Cause even when we think about oh, man. Our, yes. our conversation with Michael Russell and yes, you know, all of them, they did so much foundational work and I just come away from those conversations just so grateful. I mean, with my eyes wide open, the, and, the, and you're right, the interview with Michael Russell was one of those with some of the things that he was doing. You, you had the Russell Institute and you had some of the yeah. other stuff he's doing in the communities. Right. And I was just like, well, I had no idea. You know, some of the things he's bringing about the names of the schools and stuff like that. I'm like, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Right. And, and I just, I appreciate somebody taking a stand, doing the research and say, let me just let me just educate you on this, right? Not I'm not, 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 not going to prove <laughs> yes. a point. Not that yes. I'm going to ramp. I was like, I just want to educate you. Yes. And you sit there and go, yeah, whoa, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I just I just really appreciate that. And, you know, the other thing too is we often say we joke about it a little bit on the show, right? Intentionality has yes. kind of become our catch. It's almost it's almost like hashtag intentionality on this show, right? I think <laughs> exactly we're going to have to start doing that. But it's it's just it's proven true time and time and time and time again. You know, we're interviewing these people and they're like, and I sat down and I did this. And it's like the intentionality just comes out and mm -hmm. out and out. And the people who are really making a difference about it, it just, 
you don't even have to use the word intentionality. Just listening to them speak, you hear it. Yes. Right. And that's one absolutely. of those things, one of those spirits that I, I always get from when we're doing that. One of the takeaways is like to do this right, we have to be intentional. You know, that's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so many of the entrepreneurs, particularly when I think back to our the black and brown entrepreneurs, so many of them mm-hmm. were the philanthropic aspects of their businesses were so weaved into the culture. Mm -hmm. of everything that they did. And that was also something that was just a takeaway and an insight. Because when I think about the work that Veronica did, when I think about the work that Mark Wilson did, when I think about, you know, Eric out of Detroit, when I think of also Michael, you know, Russell Mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. I mean, I just think about all the work that they're doing in their communities and just creating these ripple effects. Yes, That was something that was, you know, something that was just insightful, encouraging inspiring, but also kind of like, you know, we, as, as future generations continue to rise up, I think Mm. it's something that we all need to be aware of and carry, continue to carry that torch on. Like, it's not just about making money, but it's also about serving your community. Exactly. And I think that's a very good point that we've walked away from. It is the successful entrepreneurs, the ones that are really happy are using some of their wealth to yes. give back to the communities that they grew up in, to give others a chance to see success like they have. Yeah. That's so admirable. I love it. You know, so when you think about specifically the podcast, okay, you know, outside of the guests, right? what have you enjoyed most about just being an actual host? And what's been the most challenging thing? So for, for people who are thinking about getting into podcasting. Right. <laughs> you have you have to have your personality turned on like the entire time we're doing this. Yes. Right? Yeah. And there have been times that you and I, the guest has left, we've turned the recording off and, <laughs> and we're both looking at each other like, are you feeling okay today? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and it's just who knows? You could have just had your boss ream you out. You could have just have a, yeah. a deal go flat, right? You, mm-hmm. Your child could have just walked upstairs and go. Hey, I failed such and such exam. And you're like, yes, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> Give me 40 minutes, then we'll talk. But in the back of your mind, like, I can't believe you failed that test. Yeah. Right. And then you yeah. have to go. And I have to be like, hey, and welcome to another episode. And I'm just, you know, what I really want to do is like yes. turn it off and go, what do you mean you failed? You know, that type yeah. of thing. Uh, so I, I found that to be to be interesting. Um, and then the, it you have to be, we're gonna say intentional again. So that's what we say on the show. Right. You have to be intentional about the show, which means you have to have some rigor around it, yes. right? And we record once or twice a week to make sure that we keep our schedules going, yeah. right? And to give us some time off in the summer. And then, you know, we're going to have vacations. And yeah, we travel. I mean, discipline. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's, when you get into this, you have to sit there and realistically set um, your expectation on how often you're going to publish something. Yeah. Right. I, you can miss one or two and still be okay. But over the long run, that is going to add up. So I think for me, it's just realizing how regimented we have to be, not in a strict way, but just like we got it once or twice a week. Here it is. And then the prep work that goes into that. Right. I mean, like we have Victoria and Matt and Michael and Jacob finding guests, writing our scripts, that type of thing. And I have to say, anybody who's thinking about doing this, at least have one or two other people helping you do it. Yeah. Whether that is you're doing your own mastering and and that type of thing, because you can do that, right, with some yeah. like BuzzSpot and stuff like that. But have somebody else help you, like, figure out topics and help write a script or something like, tr- don't try to do the whole thing soup to nuts by yourself. It's 
mind. It sounds easy, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to buy this equipment. I'm going to plug it on my computer and I'm going to talk. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to go boop, put it on the, put it on the internet. It's way more than that. And oh, I know, I know, I didn't, I know, I did that. not realize that yes. when I started. Yeah. I was of the camp of, oh, this is great. I'm going to take my microphone. I'm going to talk into it. <laughs> Here's going to record it. Dump, 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 and boom, podcast happens, right? Yeah. But it is a heavy lift. It's a it ton. Is. It's it a is. ton. It is a ton. I mean, literally, we have a script writer. Literally, yeah. we have pre screeners. Literally, we have yeah. a production team. Yeah. You know, and there's, there is no way you and I could do what we do professionally and do this putting out a podcast a week. And I have to tell you, when you first pitched this, and you're like, the plan is a podcast a week, 20 to 30 minute episodes, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that sounds great. I did not yeah. know how much work that really took to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I will say, you know, I'm so glad we have Jacob, but you, you know, you remember the first oh, 20 to 30 episodes. <laughs> Those were completely ad-libbed. which they were horrible. Which, you know, I don't think they, they were actually they were horrible because this they is this is too, this is my point here is okay. that this is one of the things that I would say that I've learned is that you got to have someone that you know if you're talking about something and it's a right. specific topic you've got to have subject matter experts that can speak off the cuff around some of these things because Correct. you and I just played off of each other those first twenty to thirty episodes and it yeah worked our first really ones well. were just like you and I talking. Absolutely. Right. And they were like, let's bring in some guests, but we kind of knew them real well. We right? knew them and, very but well. But it was that it was that one guest around 18, 19, 20. Yeah. That <laughs> we could not drag an answer out of them. If we said, How are you doing? They'd be like, Fine. Yes. What's the color of the sky? Blue. You know, and I don't know that we ever working. aired that episode. So I, I don't, don't know. I, so I don't, I don't know. think that our guests know about that one, but yes. Okay. So there's one, <laughs> there are an ant and there are like two or three episodes in the hidden vaults that will probably never see the yes. light of day. Yeah. Uh, so be prepared for that. If you're thinking about a podcast, not yeah. everything you record is gold. Don't put, don't feel like you have to put everything out there. Yeah. But yeah, we had that one guest and we're like, uh, we probably need scripts. Right. You know, and, yeah. and I would say, I would say they are there. They're kind of our safety net. They're right? a safety net. Sometimes, sometimes we, can sometimes get the we guest. don't use them at all. No, like, right. Just exactly. Yeah. Boom, done. Yeah. The guest goes, we're going, everybody's having a great conversation and it's right. just, it's beautiful. But sometimes there are ones that we have to sit and go, okay, what's the next question? Because yeah, we yeah. got to lead this one a little bit. And that's fine. That's and fine. That's you know, fine. Not every fine. guest is created that way, but the scripts are there to help us to keep it on, you know, keep it on track and keep it on point. Um, exactly. especially when I start tracing rabbit trails and I can tell Chloe's like trying to get me back. Cause I can, <laughs> I have the script up in front of me too. And she'd be like, so dun, dun, dun. I was like, Oh, yep. went too far down that one. She's pulling me back, <laughs> pulling me back into the, the show that we have written. Yes, yes, yes. But you know, that's another thing is like doing it with somebody also is really, really helpful. And I just have to it say is like, I couldn't think of a better oh, co-host in the world than you because you. to your point earlier, things are going on during the day, but we've gotten into such a flow that there have been days where before we even hit record, I'm like, look, my energy is low today. I'm going to need you to carry it. Yep. And you yep. said the same thing and yep. we just support each other in that yep. way and yep. can still not miss a beat with our recording yeah. schedule because yeah. we can tag team it. Exactly. But that's kind of and been our friendship from the get-go. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 And so it doesn't feel like work. No, it doesn't. It all. just feels like having a conversation with a friend. And I, 
I have to tell you, there are many days I'm like, yes, we get to record today. And I'm like, yes. ready for it, you know? Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that is the joys of it. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, hearing people say that they're enjoying the content that, and it's been helpful to them, like, oh, that has been. Yeah. Yeah. You walk around with a smile on your face for a very long yeah. time after hearing that. Yeah. Cause you want it to be bringing, mm-hmm. you know, value to people yeah. and value into oh, yeah. the industry. So that, that oh, yeah. is good because yeah, it's hard work. And so yep. someone saying, Hey, I appreciate it. And like the content makes it all worth it. So when we think about just like, you know, the next hundred episodes, let's think wow. about like the next 50, you know, cause I okay. feel like a hundred episodes is, <laughs> you know, who we'll knows? hit it. We'll get it there. But yeah, that's, woo. what do you want to see? What do you, what, what should we do differently? What else, what other ideas have you heard from the industry and from our listeners and yeah, what you know, direction should we be taking it? You know, I think uh, everybody really enjoys our chemistry. You know, on this podcast, we've gotten a lot of positive comments on that. So thank you guys very much for that. Uh, And we have the stats, right? We know that those those episodes tend to do well. So I think um, where the show is going to go, I don't think we're going to deviate that much. Right. We have no there is just so much to discuss. And supplier diversity has been around for a while. You know, I Mm -hmm. I said this um, in a work session uh, the other day is it's it's been around a while and it's not quite the same awkward conversation that it used to be 10 years ago, right? right? So when I first got into supplier diversity, my wife could barely understand what I did and there was no way in heck my family was ever going to get it. Right. So I just, I just stopped. (laughs) I just, I was like, I'm in supply chain. Just leave it at that. (laughs) But now, now everybody, at least the the term is familiar. They might not define it that well, but they've got a general sense of what it does. So I think really our show is going to continue championing because what I'm seeing in corporate America is they're like, okay, we get it. We need to do supplier diversity, but they are just saying, okay, hey, um, Sue, you are the credit card travel. Oh, and supplier diversity manager. (laughs) Right. Right. No, it it doesn't work. It just doesn't doesn't work. So I I think you and I have a lot of work to do and a lot of... um, conversations to be around how what does what does good look like yeah. for supplier diversity yeah. where do corporations really need to try to take their organizations champion the supplier diversity managers themselves mm-hmm. challenge some of the current thought and practice yeah. um inside of um supply chain you know i heard somebody uh kind of flippantly say in another conversation like oh yeah just add supplier diversity and my title it's already five miles long yeah. you know because that happens that happens Absolutely. when you get in Yes. Right. It's like VP strategic sourcing. Dunk, 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 dunk. You're like, Lord, what else can you do? Right. And corporate you know? real estate. And yes, like, where's the alignment here with this? There's like yeah. none. So I think yeah. probably really getting down, bringing in some folks, us having some more conversations, really championing full-time supplier diversity departments and then getting them treated right. Yes. Getting them positioned correctly in the organization to be effective, getting them the budget they need to be effective. So I think that's where I kind of see us as championing the supplier diversity departments, right? And then helping suppliers. Now, this is going to sound counterintuitive to the statement I just made, Mm. helping suppliers develop strategies beyond pestering the supplier diversity department. 
Mm, right. Because I yes. think a lot of times they're like, oh, I've contacted supplier diversity. My woes are done. Moving on. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So I think you and I can do a lot in the way of helping them understand business development and right. then business development in a way that does not then tick off the corporates. Right? Right, right. So you and I have lived on both sides of the aisle now. So I think we're in a sweet spot in these next 50, 60, 70, 100 episodes. Really kind of lead some of these conversations. I think it's going to be beneficial to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting more into the requirements of suppliers because, you know, when corporations talk about that or just readiness, you know, I feel like it's such a general and broad statement. But it may be just sort of, it may be just a staple question that we ask any of the corporations because what what you'll find is that requirements mean something completely different from organization to organization. And we just need to start sharing this more with some of these small businesses so that they're not in the dark around what these corporations are actually looking for. I'd like to see us starting to talk about standardizations of reporting. So we're actually comparing apples to apples. Apples to apples all the time. I, I would also like to be at the forefront of sort of changing some of the things that I think are challenging in our industry, like why all these different portals, like companies oftentimes want to build homegrown solutions. And while they're thinking they're being innovative, it's also, it's just creating more work for suppliers. Like how it is. can industries come together and create a centralized yep. place for suppliers yep. to go? Yep. And, you know, what's a centralized way that we can make this as easy as possible yep. for for some of these small businesses. And then maybe also talking about how NGOs can have a different revenue stream, right? Because it has, they're still operating on the old model of, I have a database. Therefore, that's what you're paying to get access to. I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't really have to. No, I don't really have to. So yeah, so really, I would love to see us kind of helping the NGOs to be successful because their hearts are in the right place. They're doing some great work. We just need to help them kind of change some of their archaic ways. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of NGOs, but, you know, I'd love to also, you know, continue to build the ecosystem. So bringing in people who care about this effort, maybe that's attorneys, maybe that's accountants, more accountants, you know, maybe it's other advocacy group leaders and or journalists and professors and really bring them into the conversation. Because I think the more we can build this ecosystem, I think the closer we get to solving some of these more complex issues. I completely agree. You know, I could see us starting to do some series on bringing in some experts to talk about business issues. Yeah. Because everybody's like, Adam, there's a hundred shows that talk about business issues. I get it. But when you look at it in the diversity lens, it takes on a different tilt. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It really and for does. Our audience, for our specific audience, yes. knowing, yes. you know, where they are inside their organizations right. or as leaders of their companies. So Correct. Correct. it's it's a different way of sharing the information. Yep. And I think it's digested a little differently yep. as well. And I think the last thing is, you know, that I'd like to see maybe also in the future is us talking to some of these early, more early stage companies, like this that, pipeline of next generation diverse that suppliers would be fun. Yeah. and introducing them to supplier diversity as a growth strategy and right. having them on the air to talk about some of the things that they're doing, because some of some of these companies, young companies that I've met, younger than me now, which I used to be the youngest <laughs> person around. I um, haven't had that problem for a long time, but that's yeah, a problem. I mean, it's just so innovative. <laughs> it's been so innovative. And I'm like, how do I get you on a 
big stage. How do we yeah. support what you're doing right. and right. leveraging and, the podcast and our listenership, I think is, is and, a great way for us to do that. And who knows, maybe in the next 12 months, we finally have that live event. Maybe we have some sort of Ooh, live yes. event where we bring those young minds out and give them that stage. We'll create the stage for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the thing is, is that when I think about what we're doing, Yes, we de- I definitely want it to be something that's informative, but I also want it to be something that is creating a legacy for our industry and making sure that we're creating this pipeline of next generation talent, whether it be to become supplier diversity professionals or to become diverse entrepreneurs and lead their own organizations. And a lot of times it's just about awareness. Like if they don't know these roles exist or that companies are looking for them, then how are we ever going to continue to grow this space? Exactly. Exactly. Completely agree. Well, thank you so much for listening and be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry-Reed and Adam Moore. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Here's to another hundred episodes, Adam. Yes. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.